Well, good morning, everyone. I apologize for the quality of my voice. I've got some tea with honey here that I've been sipping on this morning. I got it. woke up with a frog in my throat this morning, and I can't get it to hop out. So uh, work with me a little bit on this. Today, though, inside your bulletin, I have something that I'm very excited about. Um, it's our second installment in this series that we've called Recommended Playlist. If you listen to music on your phone, a lot of us do, you have a streaming service like Spotify or even now YouTube does this, you can set up your own playlists of favorite songs that you like to listen to. And what's great about that is, is you can have them for working out, you can have them for going for a drive, you can have them for working in the garden. Uh, my playlist for one working in the garden is a lot of encouraging songs. Okay, but anyway, um, the idea is that you can play them anytime. But what's funny is, is that uh, we also have one of these. It's, uh, this is just a, a Bluetooth speaker. It's a wireless speaker. You can sync it up with your phone. And so when I'm with our, when our kids, when we're out having lunch out on the patio or something like that, they come over, or even if we're out throwing a Frisbee or something, you can get a, a playlist and play it and put some music out there, and it's a lot of fun. You can take it with you anywhere. The only problem is who gets to choose the playlist, okay? Uh, because when I put my stuff on, I listen to all the good music, you know, from... Uh, when my wife and I were in high school and college, and they listened to terrible stuff that I don't even understand. And what's so funny, we had this big conversation about playlists the last time my kids were home, and they were playing some stuff, and I go, oh, let me show you some real music. And then I realized I had become my dad. Has this, anybody, has this happened to anybody else? Yeah. <laughs> so even though I can recommend playlists, whether you use them or not, that's up to you. And my kids would say, yeah, don't, don't listen to dad's music, okay? But on the back of your outline, you will find a playlist today that I don't think anybody's going to disagree with. And these are songs, these are psalms from the book of Psalms that I go to often when I worship. When I worship. Because uh, we're going to talk about worship today and how we do it. And when you and I worship the Lord, the psalms are just a mighty gift. These are poems and hymns and songs written by people who love the Lord. And they couldn't wait to worship him. Today, we're going to look at one of these. These are, and there's many more, by the way. This is just a playlist of a few of them. But if you wondered, hey, where would I go to find a psalm that would help me worship God? Well, any of these will get it done. And today, we're just going to look at a short one here. It's the last one on the playlist that I gave you on here. It's Psalm 150. It's only a, a few verses long, six verses long, actually. And it gives us some real important insights on how to worship God, when to worship him, where to worship him, and how to get it done. Let me have a word of prayer, and we'll jump right in. Lord, I just thank you that um, you've given us the Psalms. Your word is our guide in all matters of faith and practice. And how we practice our faith in worship is extremely important. And so God, today I pray that you'll open up our minds that some of us know the Psalms well, some of us have never read them. <coughs> and Lord, I pray that you'll speak, move me out of the way. Lord, you'll clear my voice as I talk. Lord, because this is important. And I pray, Lord, that even if my voice is scratchy, the truths you want to tell us will be crystal clear. I pray these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, point A on your outline just reminds us what Psalm 150 is about. There's 150 psalms in the book of Psalms, by the way. Psalm 150 is the last one, and it ends kind of on a big crescendo. And I'm just going to read it to you because it commands us to worship the Lord and sing praises to his name, like all the time. It says, hey, this is an important part of your spiritual life. If you're not praising God regularly, you're missing out on one of the best things about having a relationship with God, because it fills our hearts with joy, it acknowledges God for who he is, helps us get right perspective on things. You'll see all that as we go through. So just listen to it. It's only six verses long. I'm just going to read it to you now. 
It simply says, praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty heaven. Praise him for his mighty works. Praise his unequaled greatness. Praise him with a blast of the ram's horn. Praise him with the lyre and harp. Praise him with the tambourine and dancing. Praise him with strings and flutes. Praise him with a clash of cymbals. Praise him with loud, clanging cymbals. Let everything that breathes sing praises to the Lord. Praise the Lord. Now, I want to draw your attention to two things. We could, um, right here at the end of the verse, it says praise the Lord. If you guys could go back one slide or go back to the beginning of this, of this psalm, go back one more. Um, no, there we go, all right. Uh, but it starts with praise the Lord, ends with praise the Lord. Book ends on that psalm. Uh, because it's that important. And all the way through, <coughs> 13 times in six verses, we're told to praise the Lord. Because it's one of those things we're supposed to do, not just intellectually know, we're supposed to do it, to praise him. Now, what's interesting also about this, you may not know this, but when it says praise the Lord, in, in uh, the Hebrew language, this is where we get the word hallelujah. That's a translation of hallelujah. Praise is the Hebrew word halal, and Lord is Yah. It's the first half of Yahweh. So it was in Hebrew, where it was originally written, it would have been halal Yah, like praise the Lord. And in English, we just put a U in there because I guess it sounded better. Hallelujah. Okay? Whoever Lou was. Okay, but anyway, it's halal Yah, praise the Lord. So we're going to talk about that multiple times today, but it's important to understand when you say hallelujah, hallelujah just means praise the Lord. So um, today, if you agree with the statement that I say, uh, you might want to say hallelujah. Could we try saying that together? Hallelujah. Or you might want to say praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. They mean the same thing. You go, oh, wow, that's helpful to know. But it's also helpful to do. That's a command. I mean, that's a command. We need to praise the Lord. So why would the psalmist say 13 times in six verses, praise him with a trumpet, praise him with, praise him with a flute, praise him with a guitar, praise him in the heavens, praise, let everything that has breath praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Why is he telling us to do this 13 times? Because it's important. Here are a couple of reasons why. This is point one on your outline. We're to praise God because of his mighty works. When we praise God, we're praising a being who can do things that no one else can do. Here's another psalm off the playlist that I gave you, Psalm 103, first few verses of that. Let all that I am praise the Lord. With my whole heart, I will praise his holy name. Let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things he does for me. He forgives all my sins and heals all my diseases. He redeems me from death. He crowns me with love and tender mercies. <coughs> he fills my life with good things. My youth is renewed like the eagle's. <clears throat> and the Lord gives righteousness and justice to all who are, who are treated unfairly. And look, he lists a whole bunch of things in there. He forgives all my sins. If that's good news to you this morning, would you say hallelujah? hallelujah? I mean, who else can do that? Where do you go when you seek forgiveness? I mean, you can go to somebody you offended. But what about people you can't even find or something you did 20 years ago? Maybe that person's even passed away. Where can you go to get your conscience clear? Where can you go to your, get your conscience clear about things that you just missed an opportunity on? You just blew it. You can go to the Lord anytime, and he's the one who restores a right relationship with himself. I mean, that's why we praise him. I listed some other things that weren't listed in that psalm. 
uh, and some that were, but I gave you references for this too, and I'll explain that a little later. But God is the creator of everything. God forgives all our sins. God guides us. He's our protector, our provider, and he causes everything to work for our good. Now, these are just a few more things. Yes, somebody gave a free hallelujah there. That's great. But you can at any time, but this is why we praise him. And one of the things you're going to see is, the reason I gave you all these references is, I, I hope you'll do what I do. I've written these out. And so when I have time in the morning and I want to praise God, well, sometimes I wake up with a frog in my throat. And I can't really sing that well. I can still read these back to you. And I can speak them to the Lord and I can say, Lord, I praise you because you not only forgive all my sins, you guide me, you provide for me, and you're the one who is going to uh, protect me as I go through my day. And you're the only one who can do that. Now, that's important here. That's the life application. Worship is a powerful antidote to fear and anxiety. <clears throat> Last week, we talked about this, that David was able to lie down and sleep even when his enemies attacked him because he was confident the Lord would be his protector and his provider. He was confident that the Lord was the one who had forgiven him and would cause everything to work for good. He believed all these things. And he praised the Lord even when he was running for his life. Well, the same thing, he's doing through the same thing again here in Psalm 34. This is David again. Listen to this. I will praise the Lord at all times. Not just good times, at all times. I will constantly speak his praises. I will boast only in the Lord. Let all that are helpless, let all who are helpless take heart. Please underline that. He didn't say, hey, let all who have everything go right for them take heart. Hey, if you're in a helpless state, this is part of praising the Lord at all times. Come, let us tell of the Lord's greatness. Let us exalt his name together. I prayed to the Lord, and he answered me. He freed me from all my fears. Those who look to him for help will be radiant with joy. No shadow of shame darken their faces. In my desperation, I prayed. Underline that. I mean, David is praising God when he feels helpless and desperate. And the Lord listened. He saved me from all my troubles. For the angel of the Lord is a guard, and he surrounds and defends all who fear him. If that's good news, would you say praise the Lord? Praise Taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh, the joys of those who take refuge in him. Now look, when you, when you and I are facing hard times, that's when it's really important to go to one of these worship psalms and remind ourselves of who God is. See, if God really is the God who's our protector, our provider, who causes everything to work for good, if he is the one who created everything, well, then what problem do I have that he can't handle? And that's why it's so important to spend time in praise every day. It helps us get the right perspective on life before the whole, all the busyness and all the problems of the day come rushing right at us. I mean, there's so many days we don't spend time in praise we spend time venting to God about how sorry our life is. Well, God, so-and-so didn't treat me right, and God, I got to go to work again. You know how much I hate my job, and God, I still haven't been able to stick to that diet, and God, I don't like this, and don't like that. Amen. I don't feel any better for praying. Well, why would you? Okay? When I feel better for praying is when I quit focusing on all the junk. You can tell God, hey, these are things I'm dealing with, but Lord, I've read some scriptures just this morning that remind me that you're the one who made me. You're the one who provide for me. You're the one who guide me and protect me. And so I'm going to praise you because you are bigger than my problems. I remember a few years ago, this came crashing home to me. This whole exercise came home to me. I was talking to a friend 
who loves to worship all the time. And I had told them about some problems I was facing. There's some issues I was dealing with. Didn't have any idea how to deal with them. And I went, well, praise God. I went, well, why do you say that? And they go, oh, that wasn't just an interjection. That was a command. You need to praise God. Your perspective's all out of whack. John, you're looking through the wrong end of the telescope. If you're looking at your problems as big and God is small, you need to spend some, pra- some, spend some time praising God so you remember that God is big and your problems are small. Yeah, we use the praise the Lord thing. We use the hallelujah things, kind of like we use Roll Tide and War Eagle. You know, it's just the Christian version of that. Hey, that was good music today. Yeah, praise the Lord. Roll Tide, War Eagle, whatever. And it's just this statement but it shouldn't be just a statement. Or another statement we use here in the South is, bless his heart, bless her heart. When I first came here, I thought, well, that's so nice. That means people are praying for blessing for people. That's not what they're saying, okay? <laughs> I found that out. You know, you go to somebody's house, yeah, she made that green bean casserole again, bless her heart, okay? Well, that doesn't mean I'm praying that God will bless her cooking. It means I'm bringing Rolaids. That's what it means. <clears throat> and so if you and I... I don't want us to use praise the Lord like bless her heart. No, I mean, really praise the Lord. We need to spend time every day praising him <coughs> because of all of his mighty works. Flip your outline over. We also need to spend time every day praising him because of his unequaled greatness. I mean, not only does he do amazing things, he's just flat amazing. There's no one like God. I mean, if you're going to praise anyone, you need to praise him. We'll praise a beautiful actress. We will praise an outstanding athlete. <coughs> we'll praise a, a valiant warrior, and that's good. But the person that we should heap all of our praises on is God himself, because God never fails, and there's no one like him. Listen to Psalm 95, and you'll see this going on too. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation. Let us come to him with thanksgiving. Let us sing psalms of praise to him. For the Lord is a great God. Listen to that. A great king above all gods. Could we just read this sentence right here? For the Lord is a great God, a great king above all gods. So how would I turn that into a praise? I would just put you in there. Lord, you are a great God, a great king above all gods. Can we do that together? Just put the word you in there. Lord, you are a great God a great king above all gods. You said a very true statement, and you gave him praise. Mm. And this is exactly what the Psalms are telling us to do. God holds, his hand, God holds it in his hands, the depths of the earth, the mightiest mountains. The sea belongs to him. He made it. His hands formed the land too. So come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our God, our maker. I mean, over and over again in Psalms, it's not a bless your heart. It's, no, I mean, do this. Like the friend told me, well, praise God. No, I'm not just saying that. I mean, you need to praise God, like right now. So when I'm feeling depressed, when I'm feeling down, that's the best time to praise God. We think it only happens when everything's going well. Well, we need to praise him at all times. Certainly praise him in the good times. We need to praise him in the bad times, too, because that's what gives us the right perspective. That's the life application. Authentic worship. Oh, and let me hit a couple other things here that we can praise him for. Here are some more bullet points. We can praise God because he's all-powerful, he's all-knowing, he's everywhere, he's eternal, and he's unchanging. 
Now think about this. So when we come to him, we're coming to a being who has all the power in the world. I mean, we even teach our kids this, a little song. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. It's like, but one of the lines in there is, and we are weak, but he is strong. We teach our kids that, but then we forget it. Oh, Lord, you can't do anything about this. What do you mean I can't do anything about this? I'm all powerful. Well, Lord, you won't know what to do. I'm all knowing. Well, Lord, I don't know. No one's going with me. I'm going with you. I'm already there. Lord, can I count on you? Could, the people, could David count on me? Moses? Yeah, but haven't you changed? Nope. I'm unchanging and I live forever. I don't even sleep. You can come to me in the middle of the night. That's why we do this. So here's the life application. <coughs> Authentic worship always involves surrender. That means surrendering our problems. That's part of it. But it also means surrendering our plans, our desires. Because think about it again. If I'm worshiping a God who's all-knowing, all-powerful, and all these things, well, then why would I try to tell him what my plans are and tell him he needs to do what I want? I mean, that's just hilarious. I mean, <laughs> and by the way, some of you discovered what I've discovered, where I go, God, I'm never going to do that. Lord will go, oh, well, just wait and see. I mean, I had interviewed for a job interview with an, um, an oil company when I first got out of college to work in Houston, Texas, and it was hot, and traffic was terrible, and I remember after the interview, I went, I'm not working there. I don't ever want to live in Houston. And then I got into ministry, and guess where the first place God sent me in ministry? Houston. Because I had said, God, I'm never going there. It's like, and that's what the old rabbis used to say, you want to make God laugh, tell him your plans. And it's true. But the idea here is this. In Romans 12, Paul talks about this. He says, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you. Give your bodies to God because all, of he has, all that he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of the world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. I mean, that's what happens when we worship God. We come to him and say, well, God, you're all-knowing. I mean, here are my plans, but if you have a better idea, I'm going your way. Hmm. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Not just presenting requests, not just venting your problems, not saying, God, if you don't get this done according to my plan, I'm not going to pray anymore, but coming to him and worshiping him and saying, hey, God, you're almighty. I'm weak. You're all-knowing. You know the past and you know the future. I don't even know what's going on today. And so, God, I want you to change the way I think. I'm not going to try to manipulate you and change the way you think. Man, this is important. And that's why when you find people who praise God a lot, and they praise him every day, they have just a joy in their hearts. They have the same problems you and I do. They lose loved ones. They lose jobs. They have health issues. But they have a joy in their heart. And you go, how come you're okay with this? <coughs> well, I worship the Lord, and the Lord gave me a new perspective on that. I don't think the way I used to think. And that's what you'll hear over and over again. And I really trust that God's good, and he's going to show me how to handle this. And whatever comes then, it'll be okay. My, that's important. So, well, why do we worship God? Well, because of his mighty works and because of his unequal greatness. Then back in Psalm 150, when we first started there, it said, praise the Lord in his sanctuary. This is point three. Well, where would I worship him? Praise the Lord in his sanctuary. Well, 
Back in the days when that psalm was written, it was written by the sons of Korah. They led worship in the temple. David had appointed them to lead worship in the temple, and so they wrote this. And apparently, the person in Psalm 42 was far away from the temple and couldn't get back. So he couldn't go to worship in the temple. You had one place on earth that you were supposed to go and worship God properly. And so here's what they wrote. Psalm 42, verses 1 and 2. As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you. O God, my soul, um, my soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When can I go and meet with God? And he couldn't get back there. And there was one place to go. Well, here's what's so good for you and me. There's a note here. Good news, because the Holy Spirit lives in us, we are God's sanctuary. I mean, let me say that again. Because the Holy Spirit lives in us, we are God's sanctuary. Yeah, hallelujah. I don't need to make a pilgrimage to the Middle East. I don't need to make a pilgrimage to New York City. I don't need to go during operating hours. I can worship the Lord on my knees in my living room in the middle of the night. So can you. In fact, that's what uh, the Bible encourages us to do. When Paul was writing the Corinthians, he simply said this in 2 Corinthians 6, we are the temple of the living God. As God said, I will live in them and walk among them. I will be their God and they will be my people. (coughs) The only question is, these guys, when they had one place to go, They were so anxious, and they were thirsting for time with God. Does that describe you and me? Because here's what happens all too too often. We launch into the day. We meant to spend some time with God in the morning. Then we got up and got busy, and, you know, we opened social media, and social media is going to show us flooding somewhere, and there's a tornado, and I don't even know if I want to watch that video. Oh, it's already playing. i got to watch it, okay? And then somebody else is sending me a recipe for raisin cake or something, so I've got to read that, you know, and then uh, there are a hundred other... Uh, things that are going on in our lives. And before we know it, emails are coming, phone calls are coming. It's 5.30. I spend no time praising God. I've been stressed out and worried about a bunch of things. I don't know how to handle them. I have no peace and I have no joy. And the scripture tells us, wait a minute. You can praise God in a sanctuary. Here's what I would encourage you to do. Find a place. Jesus, last week we talked about Jesus said, when you go and talk to God, Go in your room, shut the door. Create a quiet place where you can have some sanctuary space, even if it's only for 15 minutes before your day starts. And do it again at the end of the day. No no cell phone, no television, no radio. Just silence for a little bit and say, God, I want to praise you that I made it through the day, at the end of the day. Beginning of the day, God, I surrender this day before it begins. You are the wise one. You're the almighty one guide me through this day. I praise you. Oh my goodness. Talk about then being, having a different outlook on life. It's terribly important. The fourth thing in that Psalm, in Psalm 150, it said, we're to praise him in the mighty heavens. Well, we're to praise God on earth just as he's praised in heaven because it says praise him in the mighty heavens. Then it tells us to praise him with the horn and the trumpet and and praise him with uh, everything we have. Well, we're to praise God on earth as he's being praised in heaven. When Jesus told his disciples to pray, he said, pray the same way. Uh, I mean, pray this way. Lord, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Well, the angels are praising God in heaven. When John had a glimpse of heaven in Revelation 5, here's what he saw. Then I looked and heard the voice of many angels, numbering thousands upon thousands and 10,000 times 10,000. 
That's 100 million for some of you who are just putting the calculator on your phone. It's 100 million. <clears throat> and they encircled the throne and the living creatures and the elders in a loud voice, they sang, Worthy is the Lamb who is slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. That's what the angels in heaven are doing. That's what we're going to be doing in heaven. And in heaven, it'll be obvious. We'll see God sitting on his throne and we'll go, why did I worry about so much stuff? He's almighty. Why did I try to figure out stuff on my own? He's a trustworthy guide. He knows everything. So that's why we're studying this now. I mean, what if we praised God on earth like he's being praised in heaven? What if I used my life as a sanctuary? And what if when I came on Sunday mornings together with other believers, we turned this little hotel ballroom where we're meeting here into a sanctuary of praise? God, this is an oasis of praise in the middle of the busyness and temptations of life. I mean, there is a devil who would love to keep us so busy and so stressed out that we don't praise God because he knows how much joy and peace that would bring to us. We do have conflicts with each other. There's nothing like division to keep us from praising God. And that's why we need to praise him all the more, to get the right perspective on everything. Now, the final thing in that psalm was this. We're to praise God with everything we've got. These are just the last three verses. And if you guys could put those up there, please. <clears throat> We're to praise him with the blast of the ram's horn. We're to praise him with the lyre and harp. We're to praise him with the tambourine and dancing. We're to praise him with strings and flutes. We're to praise him with a clash of cymbals. We're to praise him with loud clanging cymbals. Let everything that breathes sing praises to the Lord. Praise the Lord. In your, the margin of your Bible, if you could just uh, write just a, a reference from 2 Samuel chapter 6, David was moving uh, the ark to Jerusalem and it had been away from Jerusalem for a number of years. And the first time they tried to move it, they didn't do it the right way. And somebody died. And, and they finally read the instructions. And God blessed it when they moved the ark into Jerusalem. So when the ark came into Jerusalem, 2 Samuel 6, verse 14 says, David was dancing in front of the Lord, praising him with all his might. I mean, dancing. It says that it his wife, Michael, saw him from the palace, and she said, wow, you sure distinguished yourself today. And David said, wasn't dancing for you, woman. I was dancing for the Lord. And he was right to say it that way. I mean, I get the idea here, when we're praising the Lord with cymbals and loud, clanging cymbals, I mean, that's like, yeah, like we do at a football game. When somebody scores a touchdown, we don't go, are you going to clap at that? No, I don't really like it. And sometimes we'll do that, even when we have a great praise song going on, we'll sit there and watch it. And the Lord wants us to praise him. It's why we sing Christian songs here. It's why we sing praises to the Lord, hymns, to help us focus upward. That's why we do that every Sunday morning. That's not just the prelims until I get up. I mean, the whole point of singing praise songs is to help us lift our eyes to the Lord. So here's a life application. <coughs> praise is a verb. I mean, praise the Lord is an action. My soul yearns, even faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and flesh cry out to the living God. 
So how would I do that? Well, here are three things you and I can do. First of all, we can make a list of praiseworthy characteristics about God and speak our praises to him. I've given you a head start on this. All those little bullet points I put in here about how God is the creator of everything, that he guides us, that he's a provider, all-powerful, all-knowing, everywhere. All those, you can write those out. You can look at those verses and write them out. And then every day, pick at least one of them and say, before I start my day today, God, I'm going to praise you for something. And you can add to it. There's, you can add forever. There's so many things to praise about God. But it's a good place to start. And then read them to him. So if, even if you wake up with a frog in your throat like I did this morning, you go, man, Lord, I really can't sing today. I can speak it. And there are times when people ask me to lead a funeral at a graveside, and they go, could you lead us in a song? And I go, no. Anyway, um, but I will be glad to read the lyrics of the song. And people go, why? It's like, well, I just don't think the song's going to go the way you want if I'm leading it. But, if I read the, but I'll be glad to read the lyrics of that song so we can at least speak the praises. And if you have a great voice, that's coming up. We can also make a list of psalms that praise God and meditate on them. That's why I gave you this list right here to start with, too. You can meditate on this all throughout the day. I mean, you just write a paragraph. And again, I'm asking you to take these things, put them in the notes section in your phone. That's what I do. And so when I'm looking at my notes, I click on that, and then I've got verses there on a different days where I've got little verses out of this playlist or other playlists, and I can look at them throughout the day. And remind myself in the middle of the day, oh yeah, God is good. God's going to see me through this. Thirdly, I can make a playlist of Christian songs and hymns <coughs> that help us sing praises to God. So I go for walks in my neighborhood or with the door shut in my house, I have the headphones on, and I sing to the Lord. I don't mind singing there. I'll sing in the shower too. But I think I sound pretty good, but I nobody else in my family ever does. But anyway, so... I would tell you that God loves it if we sing. So we're going to have a word of prayer here. And after that, um, we're going to spend some time singing again. Let me have a word of prayer first, and then I'll explain what we're going to do. Lord, I want to thank you for the opportunity to be here today. I want to thank you for the opportunity to teach your word. I thank you for the Psalms. I thank you for the reminder today that I, I'm the one who benefits when I praise you. You're not some egomaniac who demands we praise you even though you're not very good, you are all good and all-knowing, and we praise you. We're the ones who benefit because then we understand what a relationship with you involves. We carry so many foolish burdens and so many worries that you just want us to hand over to you, but we don't hand it over because we don't really believe you're all that smart or all that strong, and we don't believe you're really going to come through. And so, Lord, as we praise you today, we pray that you'll remind us these aren't just words. They're truth. You are God Almighty. And we praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. In the name of Christ we pray. Amen. Okay, <clears throat> so the worship team's back up here. And what we're going to do is we're going to